Other people play a crucial role in your healing, either as a help or a hindrance. And as a society, we don't talk about grief and who wants to really until it touches your life. So when you're going through the hardest moments, those around you don't exactly know what to say or do unless they've been there. And because of this, things are sometimes said that can come across as hurtful. In this week's podcast, we'll talk about what not to say to someone who is grieving, but more importantly, what to say and how to help a colleague, a friend, a family member as they walk through this thing called grief. Though the focus is on those around you this time, I'm also going to share the best way for you to handle those platitudes and unwelcomed comments. Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people, but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, questioned God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and he turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. Girl, there's hope for your future. Come on in the house and join me on that couch. Last week, y'all, I forgot to share the song. It was in the show notes, so you should be going to the show notes. But it was, and so it's going to be again for this week. It was There Was Jesus by Zach Williams and Dolly Parton. Um, How can you not love Dolly Parton? Talks about being on the mountain or in the valley. You never walk alone. In the waiting in the searching, in the healing, and in the hurting. Where I've been and where I'm going, there was Jesus. Check it out. Don't do like I do. I try to be Dolly. I can't hit those notes anymore like I used to, but I still try. All right, our verse for the week is, Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. It's Romans 12:15. And it's going to become important for this episode because we're talking about the best thing to say to someone who's grieving. So this episode may not be geared to you specifically in your grief journey, but it's intended to educate other people who may want to help you, but are scared to say the wrong things. So what you can do is share this with family and friends So it'll increase their comfort level when they discuss grief or try to support you through these hard days. So for those of you who know someone who has lost a loved one, be that yesterday, last month, or even last year, what do you do and how do you help them? Are you unsure or nervous about making it worse? Well, I used to be like when I knew that somebody lost a loved one, I really didn't push myself into their world because I didn't know what their world was and I didn't want to make it worse. So I want to give people a better understanding 
of the grief experience so you'll know what not to say, but more importantly, you're going to know what to say and to do to best help and support the person who's grieving. For this episode, I'm going to speak about my experience and then relate it to how you can help those around you. When a person loses a loved one, their grief journey begins. And it usually starts with the feeling like the world has stopped or flipped because life's never the same. There are many steps and twists and turns. It's a roller coaster on this journey. And it's physically, emotionally, and spiritually overwhelming. There are so many questions that went through my mind. Why did this happen? Why, Monica? Why did God allow this to happen? When does this pain end? How do I survive it? And how can you experience so much pain and continue to live? You know in general that grief is difficult, but unless you've experienced it, you're not going to be speaking the same language. And on some level, you know that, but you still want to help. You want to somehow ease the pain, but you're still worried that you might make it worse. My best friend Monica was diagnosed with cancer. I became her caretaker, and within six months, she had died. And that sounds pretty nonchalant, doesn't it? But if you've ever been a caretaker or had to watch someone you love deteriorate and suffer, you know how heart-wrenching it can be. So I had been out of work taking care of Monica, and then I took some time off after her death. I walked back through the doors of the hospital where I was employed, and it felt like a foreign land. I was uncomfortably sad, and I didn't desire to talk to anyone, but I didn't want to be left alone either. I felt like I was walking through the twilight zone. I was very familiar with the hospital, the halls, like the layout, everything, but it was like a whole new place. So I appreciated those who talked to me and those who welcomed me back and offered their condolences without the need to have an extended conversation. The acknowledgement of what had happened and the fact that I was back, that was enough. So I didn't have to share details or answer questions, and that helped. However, (laughs) there were others who made me feel almost unwelcomed, and I was especially hurt by people who ignored me. They literally looked at me where we made eye contact and walked the other way. I almost felt like I needed to reach out to them, but I just did not have the energy. And I was shocked and angered by those who came and told me that the healthcare choices Monica made were wrong. I could not believe that some desired to debate choices I had made like it was my fault. So, you know, that added to the guilt that I harbored, be it real or perceived, it just added to it. Those types of reactions made my day harder. It took away from my already limited supply of energy. And more than anything, it hurt my feelings. But on the flip side, I was touched by those who helped me transition back by taking on extra duties so that I would have fewer. There was also a room that Monica had spent a couple days in there. So when we were called to that particular room, my coworker always took the consult so I wouldn't have to go. My closer friends at work seemed to escort me (laughs) to the cafeteria in the first couple weeks, but it made me feel protected. And when I did go to the cafeteria, others offered to buy me lunch without needing to sit with me. People also donated their time off 
to me while I was out of work. So for you, first and foremost, do not try or feel like you have to fix this. You cannot fix this. Don't take on that responsibility because if you could, the person wouldn't have died. I think it's a common feeling though. You have the goal of, oh, make them smile or make them laugh, but the true goal is just to be with them in their journey. Making them feel better in the moment is good, but it's not the goodest <laughs> or the best thing you can do. Now, these are some of the big what not to say phrases, and this list is not comprehensive, but I do wanna take a look at a few cliches and why they're not comforting or helpful. The first one, I know how you feel. Do you? <laughs> you don't know how the person feels unless you had their life or their relationship. I think we say that to be disarming, but it's not helpful because it takes away from what they are going through right now. You can understand the pain of grief if you've experienced it, but you don't know how they are feeling in this moment. Number two, you'll get over this. I think we say that trying to be reassuring, but it is the opposite. You never get over the loss of a loved one. You learn to carry it differently, but it never leaves you. Number three, heaven needed another angel. What? <laughs> Where does that even come from? I guess the idea is to tell the person going through grief that their loved one was awesome or an angel, but it doesn't help. Number four, they're in a better place. The person who died may be in a better place. If they're a Christian, they're in heaven. If they were in pain and hurting, yes. And all that is reassuring. But the point is, they're not here. <laughs> I literally said that to someone. I was like, good for Monica, but I'm here. And I know that sounds selfish, but there's a lot of thoughts that go through your head. And I did, I did have gratitude that she wasn't hurting. But remember, you're trying to help the person who's still here. Last one. At least they had a good life. <laughs> At least. It's probably not the right time to share silver linings because in the beginning of grief, the idea that that makes it okay doesn't make it okay. Also, don't expect people to be less sad in a week or a month. That's not grief. <laughs> grief takes months and years. Our culture, I think, rushes grief. Three days for funeral leave was what the hospital I used to work at had. You know, after three days, you're still in shock and the grief hasn't even hit you yet. I've heard people say, well, it's been two months as if a life lived, a relationship shared doesn't affect you after a couple months. Also, and I've seen this so much, don't compare your grief to theirs. We all experience our own unique grief and I've seen and heard people almost competing for who had experienced the worst circumstance or the greatest pain. Don't be selfish in this moment. Maybe you don't mean to be, but it diminishes what the person is going through. Now, on the flip side, let's talk about what to say and do. And the good news is that you have an incredible opportunity to help someone in the hardest moments of their lives. If you'll just be there, be honest and listen you can make a tremendous difference. 
That's truly it. Be there, be honest, and listen. Be there by going for coffee or sitting with them at their home, offering to help them with chores or errands or even cooking. Be honest. Instead of using the cliches, just be honest. Say, I don't know how to best help you right now, so you'll have to tell me what you need. And listen, this is a huge gift to those who are grieving. Talk about their loved one unless they don't want to. But usually people feel like saying their name is going to be more painful. It's not. It's really the opposite. Remember, the most important part of this is to be present. Say nothing if you're scared, but don't walk the other way. I hope this has made you feel a little more comfortable or even empowered to actually approach friend family member or a colleague as they walk out their journey of grief. And for more resources to best support someone who is grieving, you can use this podcast. Just remember, be available and be present for their journey. If in doubt, be quiet and listen. You really can't go wrong doing that. (laughs) And for those of you who are grieving right now, and someone has said someone that is hurtful, please know they probably didn't mean it. And more than likely, they probably haven't been through a great loss. The intention is good. So you're going to have to show a little grace, forgive them, and let it go. I tell you this for you, not for them. You have limited energy right now, if any. So don't waste it on those things. For added support, you can come join us in the Grief Group for Christian Women Facebook community where there are other godly women walking out this journey of grief. The link is in the show notes, or you can find it on the Grief to Great Day website. So make sure you don't neglect the daily renewal of your mind. Whether you're trying to help someone who is grieving, or if you are walking out the journey of grief, pray, read, and rise. They're needed for daily life. But if you're going through grief, it makes it even more important not to neglect. If you don't have a church home, again, you're always, always welcome to visit my church, opendoorchurch.com. And in the meantime, remember who holds your future. And yes, you have one. Keep on coming back to the house. Keep sitting on the couch and keep taking steps, however small, towards your healing. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.